I love it. It's okay. amazing. See, it just kind of goes to prove like when two where where two women are gathered, great things will happen. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome back to a Modern Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Danelle. Today, today, let me tell you guys, today, my mom is like this, like the plug. You know what I'm saying? But not like the plug for like drugs. She's like the plug for people, right? So she's like, listen, she's like on board with what I'm doing and starting this podcast or whatever, right? So of course, when she's on board with what I'm doing, she does what a mother does. She wants to help. So I'm here for it. She sent me a list of some amazing guests. And you guys, today, we are joined by my mom's friend, Donna. How are you? I am well. Thank you, Brianna. This is such a phenomenal platform. Um, thank you guys for both. Thank you and your mom for thinking of me. Thank you. I'm, I'm doing great. Oh, awesome. I'm so glad to hear that you're doing great. I'm so, so, so I've got to talk um, a little, a little bit with you about what it is that you do and kind of like starting out, but I'm really, really excited just to hear like your whole entire journey, like how you brought everything to fruition. I just think what you've done is amazing from what I've heard. So I'm excited to actually like hear your story. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Um, so I know that like you now are in hospitality, right? Correct. But before you had started in there, there was a cigar business, a cigar lounge that you had had for a while. How did Correct. you get started into that? What's, I, I want to hear the story behind that before I get to where you are now. <laughs> <clears throat> so um, after college, I had a couple of different jobs, right? Like one in HR, one in just a regular job. And I wasn't really particularly excited about my HR position with my new company. And so the owner of the company approaches me just kind of having a basic understanding of what my personality was like. And he was like, you should get into sales. And I was like, sales, sales. <laughs> right? sales. And then, you know, me being of like Indian descent, like, and just my, my mom's uh high, um, my mom's a nurse, my brother's a doctor, like my dad's in the medical industry. And they were just like sales, like, you know, just, it just, not looked down upon, but it's just like, it's such excruciating and painful work. Right. Yes. Um, door, and then it was door to door sales. And he, and I was, so I just had like a, you just had a bias against like the entire, the concept of doing outdoor door to door business to business sales. And he was like, I think you'll be okay. So let me tell you, let me, let me get you started. So I started in sales and I started doing well. And he basically it was a concept of just explaining what a product was, you know, creating some messaging for your understanding your client base, creating the right messaging for it, and then doing follow-up. No does not mean no at that time. Yes. So I was started in sales. I did really well. I had, I got uh, headhunted and got into another company. I built a school. From there, I went into a dental firm and I helped build the infrastructure and sales over there, dentists think okay. about that right? because I mean like mouth work like is really a lot of money like it'll be like seven grand and 20 grand and 45 grand and 50 grand for full mouth rehab yes up to 120 grand 
with no insurance, like insurance doesn't cover a lot of this. So keep in mind, I have to deliver this message to people about their healthcare. And then that's who people are very particular about their mouth. It's their smile. It's, you know, it's huge. And you tell people that they're unhealthy at a certain level, but you have to deliver that they're unhealthy. Right. And then you've got to get them to spend. I ended up getting good at it. Sales, right? And then um, my, my the the person that I was dating at the time was in uh, the restaurant and hospitality industry. So he had opened up like really um, high end, like high end, uh, high profile restaurants for some celebrities and some athletes in and around um, Atlanta, Georgia, and DC. So, and he's got a reputation, right? He does yeah. it with finesse and he does it with polish. And so he had a project that he was working on for Miss Gladys Knight. What? Um, we, yeah. So we, he opened up Gladys Knight's um, signature chicken and waffles out in a second, their third location, let's say. Uh-huh. And they needed a marketing director. So I okay. was like, hey, like, I would love to kind of do more. It's so in in the restaurant industry when you say marketing right it's not really a focused area there's so much crossover so marketing meant doing events yes Um, marketing meant you know sort of developing a true brand narrative for the restaurant and then this was the first restaurant that had a bar miss knight can remember it's gladys knight and Ron Wine and Signature Chicken and Waffles, they're in yeah. the gospel, you know, keeping up with their brand and everything. They never got into the alcohol game. So, but this restaurant had a bar. We painstakingly later all convinced her that we would do a bar, right? Because, <clears throat> excuse me, because that was like the, the entire restaurant was built around this giant bar. So we had to bring in some consciously, like, you know, we had to bring in brands that kind of mirrored her image so we started off with some wines Mm -hmm. but and so we had to learn how to sell wine or sell our wines to this clientele and this demographic that's where I sort of got the start in Uh the spirits and hospitality sort of industry because I started working with wine brands and spirit brands that were like hey we're you know we just launched Jack Fire would you be open to um, open to doing Jack Fire um, at your bar. And I was just like, Jack Fire in Cascade. It's the demographic truly doesn't fit. I'm so but- sorry. When my dogs hear people, I'm so sorry. I'll have to edit that. You um, you guys are probably going to hear my dogs barking. I'm, that's just what it is. Um, you can continue. I'm so sorry. No, don't be sorry. We're in a <laughs> pandemic. We're trying to build a brand from our houses and yes. we're able to kind of connect with each other. So I'm like, I dropped my baby off to school this morning, like I told you prior to, and I'm kind of just sort of coming back to it. No, so please don't be sorry. I got my introduction, though, um, into the spirits world um, back then, about nine years ago, as marketing director for Gladys Knight's Signature Chicken and Waffles, and which meant kind of doing events and working with the bar brands, because they had a little bit of a spend, you know, if they were going to, they were just like, you know, we're just launching this product, we want to kind of see if it'll work with you. It's yeah. all about developing relationships in this industry, right? And consistently sort of executing an experience. So 
that was my start from there. He had an opportunity to create a cigar lounge. Uh-huh. My uh, my business partner, the father of my kids, my business partner, the baby daddy. Oh, all that, all wrapped <laughs> in one. Girl, we love a good business partner, baby daddy, all that wrapped in one. I'm here for it. I love that. That's like a lot of support and trust. To, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. So these two 54 year old men, right? Fifty? Oh no, f- then fifty, then fifty year old men, um, are building this cigar brand. Hmm. And they want to call it like Habano Heaven. And I was just like. She said Habano Heaven. Okay. Mm. I was Mm. like, "Mm." (laughs) okay. I just kind of kept making that face that I made. And I was just, I had so many opinions, but I never, I don't know anything about cigars. Yeah. Right. These two were the cigar smokers. And then Michael, um, they have a very specific type of cigar each person has their own palate right like they smoke a very specific and limited spectra like le- limited um amount Edition of cigars cigar. in the entire spectrum and world of cigars right mm-hmm. and they smoke what they like um so I kind of got an understanding of that I kind of had an understanding of that but then I knew what the marketing I knew based on search engine optimization alone and based on how we look things up People look up cigar lounges in the area on the on their phone. Yes. So I made my first suggestion and said, I was like, cigar and lounge should be in the name of the, should be in the name of the, you know, of the the, lo- the, business. the lounge. Yeah. Of the business so that um people when would be able to find it. it. Yeah, yeah. It makes so much sense because everything we do is from our phones now. Yeah. They changed, girl. These two men, these two fifty-something-year-old black men, listened to my, <gasps> um, listened to me, and said we'd like to change it to Habanos Cigar Lounge. Okay, that can was- I? I'm so sorry. I just have to say something really quick. It makes me so happy to hear that because, like you said, when you had started this, this is a couple of years ago, and of course, we'll touch base on this in a minute. But being a a woman, and I don't want to say like a man's world, but in that business, it is very male-driven. Um, cigar lounges. So it's really, really nice to hear that people paid attention to that. Cause I feel like I get overlooked, but that's another story. But I, I love to hear that they paid attention to your ideas and they're like, Hey, this, this is actually a great idea. Let's do it. That's yeah. awesome. And you know, I'm so like, and that's, that's actually absolutely awesome. And that just sort of kind of goes back to two of the things that you just pointed out, right? It's an industry like very many industries that is dominated by males. Yes. Right. And dominated by a very particular demographic, um, yes. a socio, a very, uh, a particular socioeconomic class. And here they are listening or taking advisement from someone younger who hasn't smoked as long or as much as they have, hasn't been in business. As long as they have, yes. Because I'm now, at this stage of my life is when I'm sort of transition. I'm still working, I'm work, I've always been working for other people. I've always yeah. been building other people's brands to absolute success. I love that. But That's amazing. here I was giving, like, you know, low key, They were listening. We were talking. We were enjoying experiences together. And they were giving me an opportunity to entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. So you would have thought that it was my baby daddy, uh, my (laughs) partner, you know, my uh, um, 
you know, that was going to say, hey, we would like to let's think let's convince you to bring her into the business. But that's not how it happened. It was mm-hmm. the other business partner who had approached Michael in the first place that approached me and said, would you be interested in working, being a part owner of this business that you are helping build? And of course, you know, I just loved it. I was honored. I was humbled. And I also ran with it. Yes. Um, You know, they gave me an opportunity to define a brand and I, I mean, it's my thing. It's, it's, you know, I, I look at trends and they saw my talent and they gave me an opportunity and I ran with it. And like I said, like, you know, it, the thing about women's empowerment mm-hmm. and the thing mm-hmm. about having these conversations amongst ourselves in a space, safe space is for us to kind of come up with a strategy, come up with an understanding, come up with the fact like you're not alone. I understand your experiences. Your reasoning is valid. Here's my experience. Here's some of the strategies that I employ to kind of get through some of the challenges that I face and that you're currently facing. And it's to develop a safe space to create strategies, understanding, especially in the entrepreneurship world, and then find a way to execute in the world out there, right? Yeah. Um, And these two men definitely did that for me. And that's, like I said, like, so in an industry that's entirely male dominated, there are some challenges that I see with, um, you know, coming uh, that I kind of come up against, like, you know, some, a lot of like patriarchal ideologies, misogyny, but that is not my, that is not my reigning experience. That's My- what I was going to ask. Yeah. Cause I know not only being a woman, but then also in, any person being an Indian woman on top of that, but I'm not sure how it is being an Indian woman in Atlanta. Cause that's, that's where you started a lot of the, yes. So see, I lived in Oklahoma. It's like, you see that. And it's like it anyway, I love it to see our beautiful Indian women just doing amazing things. How was that for you as an Indian woman kind of throughout your experience? Was it any different? You know, I'm not, I don't believe so because so, and mind you, my success has been in the black community. Oh, I love Um, that. Okay. Yeah. So it's my, I'm, I'm an Indian woman in a black community and you kill it. It just really (laughs) blows my, and it's really blown my mind because just the level of acceptance, the level of grace, the level of, hey, get your shit done like it's on you, no excuses, you know, you have an opportunity, go with it. So, you know, I have seen my entire path to entrepreneurship, me maturing personally as a woman um, is just because my experiences of entrepreneurship and growth in, in a very particular community um, Atlanta and, you know, I have experiences and friends all across the board. Yes. Um, but like I said, like, you know, my, my experience as a female entrepreneur is not a limiting, limiting one. Yes. I have had some challenges and there's been some opinions and some feedback and, you know, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm nice and tame for you on this particular call. 
but you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty aggressive. I've been called a pit bull of the brand. I've been called very many things, but that's when you kind of, you have to sort of take a look at that and understand that they're the ones with the limited perspective. And I used to waste a lot of time and energy kind of arguing it and fighting it. But then if I really kind of, I found a lot of solace in knowing that I had two pillars, like literally two pillars supporting me, whether I was right or wrong, they had my back, like pillars of the community with the politics. Like, you know, we've had mayoral candidates um, in our shop. We've had senators, governors in our uh, lounge um, because it was a truly elevated space, right? Yeah. Like, and that's when, when you come to a certain level of money, education, and understanding, you, you see two things, one or the other. You either see people really wanting to kind of hoard it and whatever, you know, hoard it and keep it to themselves, or you see, you see that there is an actual level playing field, right? Like you're not going to be assumed a threat because they want, because honestly, like collective economics is what's successful with people from the, in like middle-class people, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm middle-class. So yeah. if we want to get somewhere, we got to work together because we understand yes. the value that each other brings. So that's what I was about to say, because I think that's something that helps a lot as well, because yes, it is, you know, um, difficult being a woman trying to get your stuff together, but then an Indian woman at that, but when they see everything that's amazing that you have to offer and the ideas that you're bringing to the table and how that's going to affect their business, you would be dumb not to listen. So I think that's really awesome that you were able to grab these people attention, these people's attention. And you just had these great ideas that was like, huh. And they just came to fruition and you're super successful. Like, I, I just, I love that. That's amazing. Sorry. You can go ahead and continue. Uh, I just had to say no, that real thank quick. You. No, thank, you, thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you. And you know, just, we had success and success is funny that you say that, right? Like there's success and there's failure and there's a mm -hmm. journey. Yes. Um, and a lot of people, especially like especially American culture, yes. um, Indian culture defines in Indian culture, success is defined as, you know, um, you having, I'm 38 years old and I have a five-year-old and two-year-old, but technically I should have done that like maybe 10 years ago earlier, mm -hmm. right? I should, I should have done that 10 years ago. I should have been in, um, owned my own, um, houses. I should be married. So per, yes. Indian, per the Indian culture's definition, I am a, I'm a single mom of two and I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur rebuilding her second business. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm not, that is not defined successful mm -hmm. um, in American culture, because I'm continuously pursuing the American dream of um, you know, the American dream of just owning whatever owning, you know, just owning my own business and being an entrepreneur and being successful and having a certain level of financial freedom. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm deemed successful um, in certain spaces. Personally, yeah. when I look at my success uh, or what I would, what, what, if I look at my life and see what I would look at my, you know, what I would define as success. Um, I have two phenomenal children, five-year-old and a two-year-old that I, that my business and my partner 
affords me a lifestyle to where I can be with them as I choose any time of day. That's a blessing. That's so awesome. I love that. That's success. Yes. You know, I can drop it. I can do this podcast and be picking him up and going to the pool in about a few hours. And (laughs) I can still work on my phone because most of what I do in this hospitality industry is about communication. Mm -hmm. Um, Once you set up systems in place, um, it's about communication, execute, delegation um, and execution. Um, and relying on the relationships that you have built, trust, and being malleable. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are the key. And those are the things that I've really learned and learning that helps me be successful in leading a lifestyle that I want to lead. I love that. That's amazing. So I just, I love listening to you talk. Everything that you say, just like I'm sitting over here smiling. I'm like, I love this. This is so awesome. It's amazing that you can be um, where you're at now and just be at peace with it. You're happy. You've determined what successful is for you. And as long as you're happy, that's, that's all that matters. Your kids are taken care of. You're in a good headspace. You're still pursuing and doing amazing things. That's I think what everybody, (laughs) that sounds like literally the dream. (laughs) Yeah. And, but the thing is right. Like between like Instagram culture and like I said, like American Okay. So this, and I'm learning now what I'm learning. Like when you said, like, you know, peace, having peace Mm -hmm. around some of the things that you're doing is what, what is key peace and balance. Right. Because the American dream or like the fallacy between the fallacy around success is that you've got to consistently chase after these goals and then accomplish them. Then you hit the next level and then you next level and that next level. It's a lot of male energy, right? That's a lot Mm -hmm. of masculine energy. I'm currently doing a meditation with it's 21 day meditation with Deepak Chopra and Alicia Keys about Uh the, about feminine energy. And I, yeah, (laughs) you gotta do it. It's free. Download the Chopra app and listen to it. And you hear this woman, Alicia Keys, right? The super successful, beautiful woman that she's gone. Not, I won't say she's gone through several phases that continue to shed that identity that was initially developed for her. And then she shed like a lot, you know, she continues to shed a lot of things to arrive at her true self and her true center. Yes, yes. And I'm learning about feminine energy and alignment and just like, you know, just kind of being centered and being at peace with making certain decisions or making bad decisions and just letting, shedding that and moving forward, right? Um, Because I I mean, I won't tell you, like, I won't make mistakes, because I do make mistakes, because ambition, right? Like ambition, Mm -hmm. and that whole chase thing, and okay, I got to get to where they are, I got to get to where she's at, you know, the comparison is totally the thief of joy. So, and and, like comparison and seeking validation all the time, like, that's, again, like masculine energy, right? The beauty about women sort of leading efforts in Mm -hmm. politics, in radio and media, 
in um, any industry is that, you know, is, is a certain level of intuition and pause and understanding and grace that allows you to see like the humanity and understand the humanity in people. And the hospitality industry is so much like that, right? It's all about managing energy, girl. Like you have to, like, you know what I mean? It's all about creating the vibe. It's all about setting the tone. So you have to kind of be, once you know you're good and you're at peace and you can find balance, then you it's just managing like the song and dance. It's like DJs, right? Like <laughs> it's, I'm I'm a I want to I'm like this hospitality DJ. Sometimes I move too fast, and sometimes I learn how to slow down. But there's so much magic in letting heal, like a peaceful and like whole woman leading those efforts. Um, so I love seeing women flourish in any industry um I I just I'm such a champion of it man I'm like a low-key <laughs> I'm a different type of feminist but I'm definitely a feminist um I, I love I love seeing women succeed I love it that's literally my favorite thing and I feel like my whole purpose at this point I spoke to you a little about that earlier but I think that's why I enjoy doing this so much because it's um different kind of like what we were talking about earlier when there's different um aspects of success right so something that my friend Leah had said on my last episode that she kind of made me think for a second because I was like huh that's like a different I don't know why I never thought about this but I asked her what it was to be a modern woman right so I'm over here thinking like okay she's gonna tell me like (laughs) you know it's being a boss bitch, no matter if, you know what I'm saying? You're a stay at home on this, you know, you're a successful businesswoman, this side or the other, but no, she said a modern woman to me is being happy. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. So it's, I love hearing how different people determine like success, right? Because like you said, like, for instance, your family would say, um, successful is for instance, being a doctor or, you know, being something in the medical field, maybe for what they do. But as long as you're happy and you're bringing like your money to the table and you're at peace with everything, it's really interesting. I don't know. Like, I guess it was just really interesting to hear her say that. I feel like I'm rambling now and I feel like I no, lost not, thought. No, I don't think it's rambling. And th- I think that it's just, and that's again, like the beauty of like, so I do this in hospitality, right? It's all about conversation and uh, it's all about dialogue <laughs> and giving people the freedom to let dialogue sort of go here no. and there we don't have a political agenda we don't have legislation to write so we're good I, know. Um, <laughs> I just feel weird because I'm like did that topic even line up but just the whole point that I was trying to get at is that you can as long as you're happy I don't feel like a lot of people um or and healthy very yeah. much so I don't feel like a lot of people take that seriously they're so um not that they don't take it seriously but like you said comparison is like the devil's work man you know what I'm saying like somebody there's people that I know that are my age like my best friend is we're both in management positions but she's doing she's like um in a supervision a supervisor position at Geico so she does like really really well and then I'm also in management but I make like a different pay scale kind of thing but we're both working on being happy and being healthy because all that other stuff doesn't matter because as soon as your job starts to get to you and everything else and you can't be the best version of yourself it's over. 
it, to, and everybody it, suffers exactly everybody, yeah yes and I think like I think like you know just a lot of people are really really understand I really kind of understanding that you guys remember you remember Bib, the the Andrew Yang from New York that ran for um president yes mm-hmm so he ran for president, right? But after that, um, after his failure, right, he has a campaign where he supports single women. Like he always had like these weird campaign ideas, right? Uh-huh. About supporting women and mothers and paying women to say you're on your period or maternity leave things like that right why is that weird right exactly right like it's as a as a as a male candidate for president that ideology wasn't kind of broken into but he truly I think understood like a lot of these a lot of these men a lot of like as they see their mothers daughters and sisters really understand how awesome it is for women not to be suffering <laughs> like yes. for women not to be for women to have the freedom and flexibility and wholeness not that men men and men you have to really talk about men and mental health as well because yes. you know like they go through it too like I said mental health it is mental health awareness month um it's about to be wrapped up in just a little bit but um yeah, like it's really, really important for us to address that as women. Like, I mean, we can only take care of ourselves and that messaging should continue to do it. But the world is sort of changing as these men and w- as women like you kind of like paved the way for us to, you know, with your media and your spirited, um, you know, conversations, mm-hmm. uh, paved the way for like women to do the work or allow to be healed. And then we have these dialogue with men who are in power that can create and affect some change and actual impact with, through policy, right? Like yeah. the abortion right now is a huge conversation, right? Like, yo, <laughs> like, like I, I don't know if I want to get into that. No. <laughs> I don't know what, yeah, no, I, I'm listening. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, it's it's, it's a, a massive topic right now. It's, it's a huge conversation, right? But you gotta, you gotta, I mean, it's, I just don't think that you can build such a large, I don't think that men can create such a large life-changing blanket policy over women's bodies. Well, because you know, it's okay that they do it to us, but as soon as we tell them, oh, okay, cool. You want to go ahead and take this right away from us. That's fine. But you have to voluntarily get a vasectomy right. until you're ready to have kids. Because honestly, side note, not to go on a rant. The problem was never women. I last time that I checked could only carry one viable pregnancy in a nine month period. How many can men carry in a nine month period? That's another story for a different day, but it's bullshit. I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) No, no, no. Don't, don't apologize. I think like you're absolutely right. Right. Like it's just needs to be considered from a feminine perspective, why it's important for women to be in these legislative, you know, positions. Yes. Yeah. Nancy Pelosi is right now. Sorry, Nancy Pelosi right now. (laughs) You're fine. Go ahead. 
Nancy Pelosi has been like speaker of the house, right, for a, a long time, right? And she gets a lot of criticism because she doesn't take a lot of action, mm-hmm. right? But you're still a change maker, right? You say, I don't like, I think like a lot of times, like, you know, just people say like, you know, you've got to like, I'm one of those people, like I drive hard and I drive fast and I want to just sort of in my lane, like get to exact all the, get all the way to the finish line. Yes. But then we don't understand, like, you know how they have the relays, like, you know, where you, where you work as a team to pass the baton, like, you know, mm-hmm. some people are good at the first leg of the race. Some people are good at the second leg of the race. I've sort of now learning that I'm good in that third lane over there, right? Like I'm going to go drive hard, drive fast. I may not finish properly, but I know I'm going to push it all the way through. Um, And there's beauty in that. There's beauty in being a placeholder, Mm -hmm. right? Like, because timing is everything. Like, and I'm learning lots of things that I'm learning. Like timing is also anything like, you know, you can, we, especially like you've got more spirit and more energy, like you're the future, right? Like that spirit, you're the the one who's going to be able to actually affect some of the change and impact that we want to do. You know what I mean? Like timing may not be right for us, right? Like I can do certain things in the hospitality industry, but it'll probably be you at my age, 12 years from now, that rewrite policy right like rewrite Roe versus Wade like re like you'll be the one that's like okay the timing is now Mm -hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that the fight and the placeholders and the conversations shouldn't happen but as I grow older like I totally see value in being a placeholder right like I might not be able to affect change but I have two boys. I have a five-year-old and a two-year-old. Like, you know, I want them to live on a planet. Like I want to live on, I yes. want them to live on a planet earth where there's actual greenery and there's <laughs> water that they can drink. Like and they can be healthy and happy and good and in a good yeah. environment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, I mean, like, yeah, climate change is like important to talk about. So I don't, I'm not in those areas. I'm not in I'm, I love politics. I love our world. I love people. I love all of those things, but I'm, I could never be a politician, but what I Same. do is on the <laughs> flip side, create environments for people to have good, safe conversations and really understand that our differences don't mean shit. <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? Like, like so our yeah, our age doesn't mean anything. Our race means very, very little. Little. Mm-hmm. Um, in the in in and I mean our we can't not to our history, like history is brutal, right? Yeah. What's been done is brutal. But if you really sit down and go through some and identify like ourselves and who we are at the very core of our being those things should not matter. Like, unfortunately, it's been politicized. It's been, we've done some horrific things to each other as people for the sake of race, religion, for, 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 for power. But, you know, I just hope that, you know, in raising like a five-year-old and a two-year-old mixed um, biracial boys that they know that that doesn't matter, right? Like they know to treat women 
with honor women and honor people of color and honor people around them like and not look at all of those differences and just continue to support each other that's that's when it comes down to it all you can do anymore you know what I'm saying raise them to be the best most open-minded people and loving and caring people that they can be despite how rough and crazy this world's you know what I'm saying becoming all they can do is be a beacon of light (laughs) you know what I'm saying like that's all you can raise your kids to be anymore I don't I guess I don't really know (laughs) like how to raise no kids but (laughs) you do you do and I think like a lot of things like I feel like I I never I feel like I shouldn't and a lot of times like young people are discounted right um especially I think like I hate to say like your age, I'm only 12 years older than you. Um, but I know what it was like, you know, just, and that's what I say. I carry that, like, like that discounted thing mm-hmm. into, of, uh, into a lot of areas, especially professionally. And I'm learning now that I don't need to fight anymore because I'm already at the table. I'm here and I don't need to fight anymore. And then all I can continue to say to like, you and just other young people and just the next generation is that everything that you're doing and saying is valid and it's matter and you don't need to add uh, oh I'm not so sure or I don't know you don't need to discount it because you're not a mother you know what I'm saying you have sisters <laughs> you yeah, have my babies you know, around, <laughs> you, yeah you know what it's like to see people and you have your own experience like raising yourself with your mother you get what I'm saying so, absolutely I appreciate that. Thank you. You um, had said something earlier. Um, So we talked about how you owned your cigar business and how you kind of got into that industry and what happened with that. I know you said that you had sold it like during the pandemic, right? So you continued with hospitality, but you had said something interesting to me earlier, how, um, when you work in this industry in hospitality, how you have to pick up on cues, like you have to learn how to deal with people, how to navigate so on and so forth. What was that like for you? Did it, did it come easy? Was it something that was a challenge that you had to learn? What, what was that like for you? Pick it. Cause some people have, I was a waitress for a long time. I have to know social cues, you know what I'm saying? But I've noticed some people kind of have like some trouble with that yeah um and that actually I want to say a lot of it um hopefully comes from uh, it comes from my personal experience um I personally battle with anxiety and depression and I'm not one to deal with stress well right like I like a lot of time I like a lot I don't I don't necessarily handle a lot of change Um, I have a five-year-old now that's um, sort of on the spectrum and I see how he sort of um, reacts and responds to change. And that's also sort of jarring for me. So anytime I was to open up our cigar lounge, right, I wanted to be in there two hours early. Yeah. I host an event. I like to be one of the people that's there first because I like to see what's building. I like to see the audience building in front of me. It gives me a false sense of control. I like right? that though. That's kind of, that's, I've never thought about that. That's kind of cool. You said a bit, you said a false sense of control. So wait a minute, where's this going? <laughs> Um, no, so it's just, again, but like, it's again, a false sense of control. You can never truly control a large it's at a bar setting, at a oh. lounge, 
happening. You cannot control a mass of people, drunk people, intoxicated people. Yeah. 80 people who are one smoking cigars, you know, smoking cigars, it distills tobacco. So it gives you a buzz at a certain level. Smoking cigars, you've got drinking cocktails, you've got girls, a group of girls drinking wine, you got somebody pounding shots at the bar. (laughs) Um, And we're in the business of all of this, right? So it's a huge liability when things go wrong. Absolutely. Mind you now, I have to learn how to deal with my anxiety and my stress because this is a, this environment is all about energy. When I'm off, the first people that are off is my staff. So our staff, like as a waitress, as a bartender, you are directly in contact with people who are spending money. Yes. The goal of business is to get all Make the money. The bread. <laughs> <laughs> point of all of this is to make money. So I had to really just sort of check myself sometimes because I wasn't able to function. Like I would hide. Um, I, some of my strategies is just to kind of jump back there and, um, jump, uh, jump back there and, um, uh, wash dishes. That was yes, my thing. out of right. the chaos, right? Because yeah. it gets very, very hectic in this industry. Yeah, it exactly. And then like, you know, just, I would wash dishes, but then as a owner and as a manager, like what I had to do is again, understand where my, where my staff's energy at. If you're coming in with an attitude, leave people alone, yep. leave them alone, you know, because <laughs> at the end of the day, they're still an adult that chose to come into work and they know what this environment is like because they have the experience that they have and yes. they know what the goal of the night is for them to make money at the night. Same. And then now, but so the goal is as a team, as an ownership, as an owner, is to work, you and your staff have to manage the energy of your guests, right? DJs, DJs are hugely responsible. When when it starts getting too hype, like you can play knock if you buck all you want, um, <laughs> you know, and get we'll play some to calm it down. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. Once you, you know, but once you see that energy sort of getting a little too rowdy back there, you got to change that music up in the same exact way. We're like DJs in this industry, right? Like if a woman is uncomfortable, I have been at a bar because a man has been hitting on her. I have been at a bar on my shift where I had one person, my bar is shaped like an L, right? Somebody would be at the corner by the wall. And um, I could tell that she was kind of uncomfortable. And so you've got to watch for all that, right? She wasn't interested. Like you over here, with a woman with a back with her back up against the wall and you're all hovering over her and you don't know her, right? First of all, men don't fucking do that. <laughs> I punched a guy in the face for that before I moved uh, for to Virginia. I'm so dead serious. I broke my nails and everything. He pissed me off. He came for my friend. I saw her like pop. So I like popped him right. Yeah. Anyway, that's another story. I don't like that. I don't like that. If you see this, but see, that's the thing. Like you said, though, sometimes I wonder just on a side note, we know that women are visibly uncomfortable. We see it. And, you know, so that's when you go pretend like, you know, we're like, oh, hey, girl, sorry. The bathroom line was crazy. Like, come on, let's go get a drink and pull them away from that situation. Right. But sometimes I really wonder, do men really realize, you know well, what I'm so saying? That those social cues are off. Yeah. I mean, you know? so that's the thing. Like, do you not? So it's a whole bunch of shit, right? Like, do you not realize it? Right. One. 
or are you too inebriated to to realize it care to realize it or care um, yeah is she, or 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 is she so inebriated that you're 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 being a predator and you're mm. trying to take advantage of it so as a owner and a manager you know it's like you said like there's so many have you ever heard of the quote-unquote angel shot you know i actually hey, haven't what is that order it's just an angel shot or whatever it is. It's code oh. to your bartender to say, help me. Just right? kidding. It's, I have heard yeah. that. Different bars, different people have different whatever, right? But mm -hmm. it's important for bars when you're peddling alcohol, right? Like it's important for people not not to place your customers in danger it's and that's a dangerous situation that and you it may be harmless it may not be harmless but you can't again like so as an owner as a manager you can't offend both parties because you really don't know what's going on whatever it is that you think you're observing in front of you and rolling out in front of you could potentially go somewhere it could mean absolutely nothing but you've got to constantly touch tables in a very passive way like you know just like hey let me introduce you to someone over here like I know that you're an entrepreneur I wanted to introduce you to my girlfriend um but so yeah I've moved somebody from like up against the corner at the bar to the middle of the bar when he followed her around I had to move her to the end of the bar when this girl started sneaking into the kitchen because she was so <laughs> uncomfortable and this dude oh. would not get get a freaking clue oh my um, god that's when I you know that's when I have to say hey you know I'm not and then I can't affect this man is somebody in this town yeah, I can't come off aggressively. It's the middle of the shift. You got a pop in bar, you know, everybody and mind your you, you're managing like a ton of these situations, right? Exactly. Good situations, negative situations. But and that's when you have to kind of call in for it. You got to get a man to say, hey, let me go ahead and talk to you outside. Let's take a walk. I need you to, you know, whatever. Like you can't, you know, you can't be like, get off of her like I see you're about to rape her like no you're not yeah, gonna say that either. exactly but you gotta handle it with a certain level of you know finesse um because but, if you don't uh, I just yeah, then you note. have a bad reputation then you who knows what kind of lies that they're gonna spend maybe you miss miss assumed incorrectly a lot of different things right but it's again like you've got to kind of be aware of everything so like this new generation of people like bar staff, like mm -hmm. uh, bartenders, waiters, waitresses, owners, we're not really drinking and partying um, with our people and our guests, right? We're just man, like we understand, like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm liable. Yes. The Like if somebody literally leaves your establishment drunk and gets into an accident, they the police will come back to you and say that you overserved them. Yes. And then they, they try to hit all, you with lawsuits. You yeah. lose licenses. I, yeah. yeah. Been so there. It's just, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. You have a right to a liquor license um, in any city, in any town. But once you earn that, it is a privilege. Um, so I take that with a lot of severity and I love women like, you know, just, I love having women in place because we understand what it means to be vulnerable, you know, you know, black men understand what it means to be vulnerable. Like, you know, get in a yes. car and you know, maybe Not never make know. it home. Yep. Yeah. Women walking from day. Their, yeah. Women walking from a car to, you know, to their home. And uh, like, you know, we have to worry about our surroundings. Like it's, we have it's, our keys in between our hands when we're just trying to unlock the damn car coming out the grocery store. Cause you don't know if somebody's going to stuff you in a van and then people think, Oh, you're being crazy. You're being paranoid, but it's like, are you not paying attention? 
to what yeah. you know what I'm saying to what to what really happens to him there was a, a story one time this was from years ago I believe it was like in a New York subway just side note um I say that a lot yeah. <laughs> um but it was two women that were on a subway creepy guys trying to hit on them and they're like mm, no you know we're not with it so of course they pulled that we're lesbians card and so the guy was you know they instantly go to kiss them show me it's real ha 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 whatever and when they refused he literally like beat them to a bloody pulp like type business and you hear all types of different type of violence that because you know they say to be nice about it but when you're nice about it they consider it you know, almost passive and they don't think anything of it. Then when you get a little bit aggressive and more, not even aggressive, but assertive, like, Hey, don't touch me. It's, Oh, this girl's a bitch, blah, blah, blah. This and the other. Well, I wasn't that a minute ago when you was just trying to sleep with me and buy me a drink, but okay. I I wasn't an ugly fat bitch three minutes ago. (laughs) What do you mean? It is absolutely that was something that I had wanted to ask you. Um, one of my friends, we have like this favorite bar that we go to. And unfortunately, like she ended up, um, getting roofied and, um, assaulted due to that, which is crazy because this bar was like our bar. We went every time we know the bartenders, we know the owners, we know the bouncers. I've only ever been kicked out of that bar once. And that was the night that I punched the guy in the face. And it was my last night going out in Oklahoma, but he deserved that. If you're listening to this, screw you. I'd hit you again. If I saw you, um, (laughs) but, um, so the reason that I had brought that up is I saw an article and not, not even necessarily an article, but it was like a post that went viral about this girl who had went out and she went drinking and it was essentially her favorite bar, just like it was with me and my friend where she got roofied. Well, she got roofied at her favorite bar as well. This person that I saw online, this viral post, right? So after she wakes up, you know, the next day and realizes like, oh my God, I was drugged. Like everything that was going on, she had just sent a message to the business and was like, Hey, I just want you guys to know, like I frequent this area a lot. Somebody roofied my drink. I'm not holding you guys responsible, but I would like you guys to know this is something that's starting to happen. So your bartenders can be watchful, you know, so on and so forth. You know how these people message this girl back? do you even look good enough for somebody to put a roofie in your drink? Are you sure that somebody wanted to drug you? Are you sure you didn't drug yourself? Like all this other stuff and flipping it on her. Have you ever had an instance anywhere where something that you've seen where somebody's done that and they just kind of were passive or is that something that should be something everybody takes seriously? Absolutely. It is something that everybody takes seriously. Like there's actually a whole conversation that's, um, you know, Charlemagne, the God, see the God on the, uh, the, breakfast. Oh, the breakfast club. And I listen to the brilliant idiots all the time with him and Andrew Schultz. I, I love that podcast. <laughs> Sorry. I love it. But there is a, um, clip circulating oh, no. and I'll it over to you. Right where um, he he got, I, I'm not even sure what a Spanish fly is, but apparently it's a drug, right? They put it in okay. his, they put it in a, a him and his, he, he was about to interact with this girl. Like, you know, they definitely had intentions of having sex. Yeah. He put Spanish fly in the brandy E&J that they were sipping on and drinking. There was he and her, but from that entire clip on the radio that on that, whatever that I heard, right? It was 
very dis it's a very disturbing clip like okay ti and tiny chill (laughs) a lot of disrespect so the thing is it's speculation like and here's what i can say Uh here is you know just as a person that is in the in an industry that peddles liquor and that understands that you know there is a potential for somebody to go overboard um, I have seen it. I have personally been roofied myself. Oh, I'm sorry um, to hear that. It, That's scary. Um, it is very, very scary. Um, you know, I, it's actually been twice, once in college, but oh, again, like, blessed, 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 because I just ended up home oh, thank um, God. with this thank massive, God. you know, because I had to work and I've only had one, I was working that night as a door yeah. girl. Mm -hmm. in college right so I'm a door girl and I just had one cocktail and I was on my way home right like so I'd had one cocktail I was on my way home halfway like almost home like I just kind of started losing it um but I got home and then literally could didn't wake up until like you know I missed classes and everything yeah woke up feeling really really weird but I just like I said like I said like that was extremely weird and another time me and my my ex my business partner we had both gotten roofied at a game oh, at a baseball at a game, game. Both at a of baseball y'all. game. yeah so that's my personal experiences I hear it all the time um, it's literally one or two degrees of separation where girls are just like, yo, I don't know what happened. And like, this may have happened. And, you know, I just know my clothes, my, you know, my, my, my vagina hurts, um, you know, like the way, like it shouldn't hurt. And I see scrapes and bruises and whatever, oh, like, you know, it, it's gone very, very far and it's got whatever, um, there's experiences there. It has happened. I know it happens. Um, there's probably, I won't say in five years of owning a bar. There yeah. may have been something like that at our bar. No one has ever approached us about it. No one's ever yeah. said, but you know, I, again, being personally gone through it stuff, all I can tell you is this, get your own cocktails, yes. get it directly from, get it directly from a staff person, get it directly. You're Sorry. good. You're get fine. It, get your own cocktails, get it directly from a staff person that is um get directly from a staff person that works for the establishment if somebody would like to get you a cocktail watch the process of how you're getting a cocktail make sure he's getting it directly there should be no reason for a patron to touch your stuff unless you're directly watching how it's going unless you if it's a bottle of wine that they open up like because you know we always own a cigar lounge so there's Mm -hmm wine that you know they can either bring in or whatever like it has to be sealed it's gotta be there's again like safety in this environment you yes. like i said i'm, I'm probably putting a priority some, it has to it has to, it is a business and it is a business about people and liquor so you have to kind of be careful um and then your bar people should be educated like the same sort of social cues that i'm talking about i know we talk about it in like a lot of time like around the danger of being Roofied. I know we kind of got deep in this conversation, but you know, just the staff, you just have, you have to be responsible. You're not just responsible for yourself and your behavior. You're responsible for the establishment because your representation and a a person that represents this establishment and my liquor license. And you know, you're, you're representative of your reputation and the brand's reputation, right? You want to continue, you want to have a dope vibe. Nobody wants to be in here, be like, Oh, I don't want to go there. Like you said, there's, 
three different places that you guys just sort of dropped in this conversation that says, I'm not going back here again. She's not going back here again. He's not going back there again. again. So you, you know, restaurants and stuff, you've got to be able to like, you know, if somebody may or may not be uncomfortable, let me buy you a shot. Like, you know, if you're on a first date, like, you know, just be like, you know, it's, and if you know somebody, it's good to see you again. Like, you know, make women feel, it's always about making women feeling comfortable in a lot of these environments. And I'm not, not to discount men's experiences here. Of course. Um, it's about making the minority or the smallest, the, the outlier feeling, don't develop policies around those outliers, but making them feel wanted and comfortable and safe to be themselves as long as they're being responsible. <laughs> you know what I of mean? Of course. So yeah. do you think like since being um, in the hospitality industry, since we were talking about all of that, obviously you see and see to it and make sure that your staff is watching everybody, everybody's good, so on and so forth. And hopefully just having like a good experience and not getting like too crazy to where, you know, anything happens, unfortunately. I know that's out of people's control. We can't watch everything at all times, but how do you like ever since that you switched from selling your cigar to hospitality, hospitality is like very, I don't want to say like vague, but yeah, it's pretty broad. So like, are you hospitality for bars now, hotels, restaurants, all of it? So what Atlanta Hospitality Collective, um, what our company does is um, we're also, we're a consulting firm. Uh So we provide advisement to other um, aspiring entrepreneurs that want to succeed in this industry, right? There's no way that you can wake up today, Brianna, and Mm -hmm. say, I want to be a doctor today. I'm going to go into surgery (laughs) and I'm going to operate on someone. I'm going to go ahead and yeah, I'm going to get rid of that cancer. I'm going to get rid of that benign tumor over there because it's going to be because you have to be educated to a certain point, right? Like whatever. Um, But like owning a restaurant, owning a bar, owning a lounge, owning something dope like that, Mm -hmm. you have access to that, right? Like, so that's why a lot of the restaurant industry is growing and it is growing uh, with a lot of new faces and a lot of new energies in this industry. Um, So we provide our company between Michael Paul with his years of expertise, like 25 to 30 years in this industry provides like, you know, expertise and creates agency for people. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we are a leader in our industry. I'm more so focused on the trends, um, Mm -hmm. brand development, bringing in the right spirits to fit your vibe. Like, you know, you're a younger person. So like, you know, you can, you might, you're probably a dive dive bar kind of girl, right? You, you want an experience every now and then, but you know, like, you know, just what your age and what your demographic, what they're spending on, they just want to drink something nice and easy and cheap and light. And then and, just get, and, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, and enjoy, we just want to chill, yeah. smoke some hookah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Have a good drink. Yeah. So, and yeah, it doesn't need to buy. be that expensive, right? Exactly. People like my age and older, they want an experience. So they want the craft cocktails. They want to wait for eight, 10 minutes. They have the patience, cigar smokers, they have the patience to wait for 10 minutes for a cocktail, right? Yes. So go ahead and build that old fashioned. 
Um, so we provide like access, education and um, resources for those people. Additionally, we're also a wine and spirits broker. So oh. we represent like wines where our biggest client is Mary J. Blige. Um, oh, she that's has awesome. A, yeah, she has a wine called Sun Goddess Wines. Sun Goddess Wines is a product out of Fontenelle uh, Winery. That's the collaboration between Mary J. Blige and Marco Fontenelle. Fontenelle uh-huh. Winery has a reputation for over three generations. Um, it's it, right now the efforts are led by uh, Marco Fontenelle, but it, you know the family before the generation before him, and then the, his grandfather Mario Fontenelle um, wanted to create wine that represent. He was a restaurateur that represented yeah. him to his guests. So he got a small wine. Um, and, you know, he built upon that the second generation really took it on, uh, started gaining more wineries. And now you see this third generation um, sort of collaborating uniquely with Mary J. Blige and different yeah. partnerships to have some fun conversation around wine. Um, so Mary J. Blige is our client. It is uh, rated 92 points, 93 points by James Suckling. We have two wines in our collection and okay. both are absolutely successful. It's a Sauvignon Blanc and a okay. Pinot Grigio Ramato. Um, so, you know, it's a beautiful expression of wine and an uh-huh. expression of who Mary J. Blige is. If you actually go on Mary J. Blige's Instagram page, the real Mary J. Blige, uh-huh. you look at that picture it's called sun goddess wines and you she just... presents she is the goddess she presenting <laughs> the sun goddess that's the caption and it is everything it is so much power and so much just it's perfect feminine strong beautiful balanced energy in the form of a wine um yes. and it's just absolutely amazing and i am honored to be sort of repping her here in georgia yeah um, and, you know, we launched the wine over here and it was phenomenal. So my goal is to get it placed everywhere. Additionally, we have some more products that we're acquiring and it's around black owned, brown owned products. But additionally, like, because we are in the business of it all, um, you know, we don't want to limit ourselves or pigeonhole ourselves. So if like, and I don't, and you know, it's again, cause it's about money, right? We've got yes. money. Absolutely. So there's very limited black owned, brown owned products. And there's very limited, like I said, there's a limited perspective around moving new products. Like if you recognize Patron and Captain Morgan. So if I bring you something like Padre Azul tequila and Devil's Reef um, spiced rum, you know, you don't get it. But in a bar, like I'm not going to have that conversation with you. So it's about placing the right products with the right people, with the right energy. Like, you know, if I put highway vodka, which is a hemp based vodka out of Texas with someone like you, I don't need to have a big, big conversation with you about it. Because <laughs> you understand it faster than someone that's 60 years old would. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. They just want, essentially I bartended for a little bit. So it's like, I feel like the older crowd, they come in and they're like, listen, this is what I want. Just, yeah. And then I don't want to say like the younger generation, but sometimes if you're like, Oh, okay, this is good. You should try it. But they're like a little more open to it. Yeah. So it's just like, there's different products for different things. Like there's different clothes, products, right? Any kind of products. There's different things for different people. And it's always, and so when it, when it comes to like social cues and understanding that people are all very, 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 very different. 
And my job is like, you know, it's, it's a crescendo. It's a concert. I keep, you know, sort of comparing everything like to music, like, cause making music, like, you know, a band, a record, a concert, a DJ, like making music and setting the vibe to where everybody can kind of enjoy it is a, it's an art. It's not just about experience and education and knowing the knowledge. It's, it's about, science, man. yeah, it's, yeah, it's a science and an art and um, just, you know, you got to kind of know, you got to kind of know when to set, when, to, when to be a little aggressive and when to be a little assertive. And it's still a lesson that I learn oftentimes because I get very excited and very passionate and very ambitious because I'm still a little bit younger than my counterparts. Like my counterpart, like you hear my business partner talk, he is so at ease. <laughs> like he's so confident and he's yeah. at ease and he understands giving people like space. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning that like you have to give people space um, and, and understand that, like you have to give people space, but try and understand that at a high paced, high volume packed out bar. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> and especially it's a little more, um, pressing when you're having to create an experience for everybody, right? Like, like you're saying, you have to know your people. You kind of have to know your crowd to be able to create an experience for them. Know which way you're navigating. Right. But especially in the bar scene or cigar lounges and things like that, when you know, people are drinking so on and so forth, you have to create that experience because it's like people, when they start to get a little bit of liquor or feel some type of way, it's just kind of like, Oh, okay. And they, you know, whatever, you definitely have to be sure that you are on top of creating that experience. Everything runs smoothly. And it just blows up after that. I feel like, I don't know. Would you agree? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree. And I think like what you kind of hit on over there is, um, again, you, we have, you have to kind of create your lane. You have to understand who you are. You have to understand what you can offer. And then you have to, you can't understand that you cannot be everything to everyone. Mm -hmm. So be something to, to yourself and then be one thing to one person. Like, project to project as we build other people's bars and other people's dreams out it ranges right because you and I I can vibe with you and I can talk to you like you know because my job is to build relationships um and but you and I are going to have a completely different relationship that you and me and your mom have over oh of course yeah of course but it's a matter of being able to make sure she is comfortable. And we, you know, I create space for her to have agency and her to be herself and you and me to create space to, for you to have authority and control on your own show, interviewing an old woman, like older <laughs> no, woman. I don't know. Uh, no, I, so. I love it. All, all ages, everybody. <laughs> so would you say that I know, stepping into hospitality. It was like, cause you know, you went from sales and now you're kind of like into hospitality. Right. So obviously sales was kind of your breaking point to kind of learn people and figure out, you know, a little more about them. Would you say that now at this time in your life, that this is just something that not only comes natural, but something that you truly enjoy doing? Like, is this what, you know, how some people, they just know, like I was meant to do this, like in in an industry and it's like their calling or whatever. Would you say that, that you feel that way about what you do in hospitality? I know now. 
<laughs> oh yes she said it's not no think ifs ands or buts y'all heard it first she says she know <laughs> i love that yeah. i love that that's amazing yeah. that's amazing well if you don't mind i just have um was there anything else that you'd like to say there's just one more question that i have but it's kind of off topic no, run with it. I'm good. Okay. Awesome. Um, just my final question uh, for today, now that we've kind of got to hear what it is that you do, what you enjoy, what your journey was from going to A, B to C. Um, I'm starting to ask everybody this. I think maybe it might become a thing. I'm kind of running with it. I liked how it happened last week, uh, last week, but, uh, what, what do you think it is, uh, to be a modern woman in today's um. age? in today's day and age with so much going on is uh to be a modern woman man um it is a very loaded question but it's um it's I kind think of it's vague but you know I like to hear everybody's interpretation of it does that I make sense think, yeah no it's so heavy um it's awesome <laughs> for me personally it's about um finding creating balance and being at peace right like creating balance and being at peace and understanding who you are what your what your talents are really understanding what you're worth yeah right like because as women and as moms uh, today we always you know we always are sometimes striving to prove myself and I find that myself doing that a lot um but you know i i work really really hard to be at peace because like i said i have a five-year-old and a two-year-old that watch me with like these all absorbing all learning eyes and it's um you know i just i just got a lot you know i have i have to dedicate my life to creating space and agency for them to like I'm just a guide for them you know what I mean I my career that. and everything means one part to me but the reigning and you know I want to have a balanced peaceful mom so they see a woman you know they know that you know they know that I'm, they love me unconditionally yeah um and I'm I find solace in that um but I want them to know what it's to be around like a good a good woman and a yes. good they have you know they have to be with a good man a good man a good woman to be a good person right like I don't want to have kids that are always running to save the world like I, I like you know I'm always running right like so yeah. I just have to force myself to stop so finding creating balance in my life and find being at peace is what super important to me and what it means to be a modern woman I love that. No, that's a beautiful definition of that. I think so very much. I just want to say thank you so much for coming on today. I really literally have enjoyed just hearing what you enjoy, how you got started, what you're doing now. I think that that's amazing. And just being able to sit down and talk to different women about their experiences. It's like, it gives me a whole it, it feels like another hole in my heart. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just get so happy seeing other women being so happy with what it is that they're doing and what they brought to fruition. And I'm really, really glad that I got to talk to you about that today. <laughs> Such a pleasure. I'm so glad when your mom had reached out to me, cause we connect and vibe over certain things. Right. And it's always, um, 
been positive and a beautiful experience with her. Uh, but to get to know you and that second generation, it has been such a pleasure. Oh, I'm so honored and so humbled to be on your platform. I love your messaging. Um, I love like what you're doing. I love hearing a little bit more about you through the questions that you sort of raise and what you find it is important to kind of talk about and put out there into the world. So thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for the consideration. And I, man, I wish you all the success. Like, let me know what I can do to help, girl. Thank you so much again. I appreciate you. I'm gonna cry right now. I'm gonna have to stop recording y'all. I'm gonna do my little outro because I can't, I can't, I can't right now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in uh, to a modern woman. I'll definitely um, link everything down below. If you guys want to go give Donna a follow and check out what it is that she does. Thank you guys so much again uh, for listening and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.